0: This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. A little mood lighting this morning. Um, definitely prayed for technology to work. Alex has been amazing this morning and is helping me hopefully pull this off, so we'll see how it goes. If it doesn't go well, it's not on him, it's on me. So I just wanted to clarify that too. And also, um, if some of you are wanting to visit Alyssa, please just check in with Leslie um, at the end here before you go up to small group time, and we are happy to share all the details of where she is and what room and how to see her and maybe how to coordinate so we don't all show up at once kind of thing. So please, um, we love that you want to go and love on her. So feel free to check in with Leslie about that. So, okay, here we go. Um, Starting, we finally got into Genesis. We're starting with creation. When you hear the word creation, what thought or image first comes to your mind? Do you picture something in nature, the beach, a river, mountain peak, a favorite hike, the sunrise or sunset? Maybe a thunderstorm. We've had a few of those lately. The rainbows that come at the end of the storm. Do you imagine animals? All the beautiful ones that are in our, I know I have deer that come into the back of my yard and it's just amazing to watch them. When you hear the word creation, do you think of new life? The sonogram of a baby growing inside its mother's womb. Springtime, seedlings, plants coming up baby animals, or new beginnings, a wedding, a first home, or do you think in the realm of the creative arts, paintings, sculptures, or do you think of God first? Do you imagine yourself when you hear the word creation? For me, nature is what first comes to my mind when I think of creation. It's where I most easily connect with him and where I feel his presence. The beach used to be my favorite place, but now I just know it's any body of water. If I'm paddleboarding or kayaking, I just feel him and I see him and I see his beauty and it just brings me into his presence. So we are beginning our journey into Genesis with the beginning of God's creation. His creation of the heavens and the earth and all that inhabit it, including all of us whom He loves and desires to have relationship with. So why does God have Moses give us this descriptive, detailed, poetic account of creation? Is it just to lure us in, to give us an understanding of where we came from and why? Or is it to be in awe of God's magnificence? Is it to reveal who God is, His purpose and what is to come? As I delved into scripture over the last few weeks, just I kept finding myself trying to grasp what it was like to be there at the beginning, watching and marveling at all that God was creating. So here's my attempt to take us all there. As I read through scripture, just try to be open to the different your senses, what you're going to see and hear. Try and imagine the smells and the scents that come with it. So here we go, Genesis 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness and called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made the space to separate the waters and the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came Marking the second day. Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters sea, and God saw that it was good. Verse 11. Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed bearing plant and trees that grow seed bearing fruit. The seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation. So imagine those spring times when the daffodils and the tulips and all those things start coming up and blooming. All sorts of seed bearing plants. And trees with seed-bearing fruit, were produced. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed, and morning came on the third day. Verse 14. Then God said, "Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from night. Let the seasons, let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years." let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights to the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, to separate the light and the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and evening passed, and morning came, marking the fourth A okay. Verse 20 Then God said, Let the waters swarm and fish and other life. There's my sea creatures. <laughs> After the sea creatures, let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God. God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then he blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas, let the birds multiply on the earth. So here we have the first blessing. An evening passed and morning came on the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals, and wild animals, and everything that crawled on the ground. Not so fond of those parts, but they're part of our circle of life. So God made, and this is what happened, God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, small animals each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so god created human beings in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female then god blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and govern it Reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground then god said look I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruits and trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food all the, and all, for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he made and saw that it was very good. An evening passed and morning came. Marking the sixth day So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. So that's the end of the scripture from this time. Alex, can you play the video with the mankind? So if we're thinking about Jesus and we are created in his image, I try to think of just Jesus in his pure form and who he is. He's there at the beginning. God blessed them. God saw that it was good, and Jesus is there. And so I just imagine Jesus' is love. So when I think of humankind... There's a lot of not so good going on in the world, and we hurt each other. But then I remembered this scene, and so I wanted to show it in order to be reminded of all the love that we have. So for me, it's a reminder, where we headed? We're looking to see Jesus in Genesis. And Pastor Steve talked about that we were the culmination of creation, God's creation. And so in keeping that in mind, we'll go forward here. So the scene I just showed you, it's from one of my favorite movies, it's from Love Actually, um, and it's this movie that's about all these different storylines, I think there's probably seven or eight different storylines, and they're completely separate, however, in a certain small ways, all the people are related to one another in some way. Friends, family, spouses, relatives, um, co-workers, bosses. And so the story, while they're separate stories, they're all connected in a way. And some of the stories have are fun and about love and new love, but there's challenges within each of those storylines. And what is so cool is in the end, love triumphs all. So when I think about Genesis focusing on seeing Jesus, It reminds me that love, that Jesus is going to triumph. And so it's just helping me to get that forward, that look to eternal and to where we are ultimately going to be home. So where am I going with this? If we go back to our scripture and our study, right there in verse 1, in the beginning God Three words, and we can, four words, and we can stop right there. In the beginning, God. God is there. He is our creator. Scripture all throughout the Bible talks to us and teaches us about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and the Spirit of God. Our author Nancy Guthrie pointed out that the name of God that's used in the original text is Elohim, which is the plural form of God. So right away, it's alluding to the fact that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God are right there at the beginning. At the end of verse 2, we're told that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so it very clearly states that the Spirit is there. Where Jesus' presence comes in is first in in verse 3, And God said... So, in the beginning was God, and then later, and God said, Jesus is the eternal Word of God. Jesus carries out the spoken commands of creation. In John 1 1 through 5, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was God, and the Word was with God. He existed in the beginning with God, God created everything through Him. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. So when we hear, and God said, all throughout Genesis in the beginning creation, that's Jesus moving and creating what God is speaking. In Hebrews 1, 2, and 10, it also tells us of how God created the world through his Son. So throughout Scripture, we've just got confirmation after confirmation that Jesus is right there at the beginning. If we go back to Genesis and continue with verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Again, Nancy stated it brilliantly. God's powerful word went out, and a brilliant light eradicated the darkness. And we're told, again, in that verse in John, Jesus is the light. Because the sun and moon, they're not there until the fourth day. So that first light is God speaking Jesus into the world and him there. Hebrews 8.12, again, Jesus spoke to his disciples, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will will not walk in darkness, but will have eternal life. Of course, in verse 26, we have our final confirmation that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, are both there with God. He says, the gods, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. My teacher brain went off. I loved it. Pronouns! Yay! <laughs> but what's used there? Us. Our. The us and our being, the, fa- uh, the us being, the God, the Father, God, the Son, and the Spirit of God. So they're all there. They're all present. They're all part of this. One thing that stood out to me this time going through Genesis is um, I found it interesting, the use of the us and the our, that clearly stating that all three of us are here and his drawing our attention to that. It didn't come until he was speaking about the creation of us, of humankind. That's the first time he uses, let us make. Let us create in our image. God is very deliberate. And I just thought that was beautiful that he had that pop off the page. And I hadn't caught it before. So it might be something to think about. Why did he wait? Why was it then that he chose to use the us? As I said earlier in Um, with the movie, The Love Triumphs in all the storylines. Scripture tells us that God loves us. The world that he created for us, all of those images and sounds and things that we experience this life is amazingly beautiful and he created that for us and it's full of life he loves us so much that he gave his only son for us is love he loved beautifully while he walked on this earth he loved everyone and even when the when discipline had to be taken place he did so with love and with restoration to him and one another as the goal. If we are made in his image and he is love, then we are also love. Love is there inside each and every one of us, and we have the example of Jesus and the Spirit of God living in us to help us when we are tempted and when our own selfish desires and fears threaten to keep us from loving others well. In verse 28, God blesses Adam and Eve and says to them, Be fruitful and multiply. It came to my attention this time, this was something else that God just popped off the page with scripture, I saw these as two different commands this time, be fruitful and multiply. There's two different things there. So it isn't just that we're called to have children and family and offspring and grow in numbers. That is the multiply part but there's the be fruitful. And so what is he saying here? I see the be fruitful as a command to bear God's fruit, to do his work, to create disciples and followers of Jesus. So here's where love comes back into play. How do we best make disciples? How do we best bring others to Jesus? And it's through love. It's showing God's love. And showing his grace and his mercy and coming alongside and doing meals and taking care of one another and sitting beside one another it's using words only when necessary it's through our actions that others can see god's love that's the way to draw others to follow jesus so while the earth and our surroundings are beautiful and it is a magnificent creation we are God's beautiful creation, too. And I think it's easy for, to forget, it's easy for me to forget that I am a part of that. He created us for relationship with him and for one another. So every time we get on our knees and humble ourselves before God with our sins, our worries, our fears, our joys, and our gratitude, we are made new by the Holy Spirit. By allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, we can love everyone as Jesus first loved us. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning, for this time to come, be with you and be with one another.
1: This lesson is so
0: rich. There's so much there. There's so many amazing things that you have to say through this scripture. So many things for you to teach us. And so I just thank you your words i thank you for this time together to learn and grow and sharpen one another and grow deeper in our knowledge of you and so i just pray for these ladies for our small group time i pray that discussion be rich and that we keep our eyes on you and learn how better to love one another through this i pray all these things in your name amen